Hello and welcome back to Bourbon Barrel Talk. I'm Scott Minton, your host, and today we are at uh, Ben Hankins' house uh, over in the Highlands, and we are all uh, trying some turkey. So, Ben, thanks for having us out. How's it going, man? My pleasure. It's going great. Good, good, good. Hey, and uh, I'll let our other two uh, guests today. We got Chris. Hey, how's it going, everyone? All right, and Jay Tedder in the house. Hello, how's it going? Thanks, Ben. So, uh, first of all, you know, hey, uh, really appreciate you having us out and, and, and taking the opportunity to share some great bottles with us. We've been uh, sampling a ton of wild turkey, and I really have uh, tried everything from, I guess, a, a donut to a, a split label bottle and, and everything in between, and some old dusties from anti- from the 101s and all kinds of good stuff. So, Ben, tell me, what got you started in wild turkey? So, I went through a point where I was trying everything, everything that was that people were chasing, so to speak. And with wild turkey, I really liked the, um, I guess, the variation between the bottles when I first started getting into it. Um, I think the first wild turkey that I tried was a, uh, a Russell's Reserve single barrel, just a shelfer, um, and really just liked the overall profile. And then I started getting into, you know, the 101s and just uh, different Russell's Reserve single barrel picks and really just, again, love the variation um, I love the story behind Wild Turkey, the fact that, um, you know, you've got Jimmy Russell who has been true to himself and true to his profile for, gosh, I mean, how, how, how long are we talking? Like almost, <laughs> over 60 like years 60 now. Years, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. I think 65 this, this past year. So, and then the fact that, you know, two generations following him into the business, just guiding the brand and really not changing anything. I mean, it's, you know, they still do things the same way and, um, you know, they're not gimmicky. I mean, it's, it's pretty much, um, you know, they're, 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 they're true to themselves and they make a great product. Yeah. You don't cool. mess with tradition. Absolutely. Yeah. It's one of those funny things. So I, I, anybody that's listened to the podcast before, they know that, you know, I, 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 I've been drinking bourbon for years, but I've always thought of wild turkey as being one of those drinks that you know that's what my dad drank so it was mm-hmm. cheap you know so i was like oh i'm not, I'm not gonna drink that because that's what my dad would drink you know type thing and then the more over the last few years i'm like damn this is really good stuff and you know and uh, you were the one that actually been that got me hooked on trying to look for some old dusties because you're like hey you should try xyz so then i went out and found some 101s and i found an old rare breed and i've just been kind of chugging on those lately as my everyday shelfers instead of you know drinking the antique 107s and the other things that i've been you know chasing around to get so so uh jay I, I, I've seen a couple pictures of your secret stash bar, man, and uh, I've been pretty impressed with what you got laid out. You know, tell us what got you started into, I guess, the whole mess of bourbon, chasing it, looking for it. Years in the making, years in the making. Um, Like we talked about earlier, I mean, there were days back when me and my friends would kill a bottle of Pappy 15 in a weekend and not know anything about it. Now these days, that's what everybody chases. However, that got me into tasting bourbon. You know, we've always, we've all mixed it. We've all put water in it. We've all put ice in it. But when you actually appreciate it, that's when you really dive in. And I've been down the rabbit hole trying to collect, hunt, buy whatever I can get for the last, I don't know, five years. That's when I've really dove into it. But just sampling, like he said, you sample everything you can. And to get into the dusty portion... Um, that was thanks to a guy I like to call Turkey Boy. That would be Scott Early. <laughs> if he wouldn't let me have anything in his house, I would probably not have any turkey at all. 
Really? <laughs> but the way that they, like he's, like Ben said, the way that they uh, don't mess with tradition, everything they, they've done from day one to now has all been the same. It's hard to mess with that type of uh, goodness, I would say. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, funny, uh, I, I had Craig um, on earlier in one of the podcasts, and he was telling me a story about how they went and did a, a barrel pick for, I think, I can't remember what it was. I think it was just a Russell's pick. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said that, you know, uh, I think it was Eddie Russell was uh, walking them around. They were talking, and he pulled in like 10 minutes late to the appointment on his Harley. And, you know, and he's like, fuck it, man, it's Friday. We're going to open up anything you want like like they literally started with like six barrels and before you know it they're in there like in the warehouse dr- just drilling holes in the shit you know and and craig's like it was like the best experience i've ever had you know picking a picking a batch you know because literally he was just like here try this rye try this blah 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 and it was like what even part of the pick process but he's like you know it's friday let's just do this type thing so i i really have appreciated all the stuff that i've heard about turkey and things like that over the recent years and that's what you know has really drove me into that piece and uh yeah. it's been pretty nice so Chris, you're you're uh, not had the pleasure of meeting you yet. So if you don't mind, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself, and then uh, tell me, you know, what makes you a big bourbon enthusiast. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm kind of a history buff. So it was kind of a natural, um, you know, transition into bourbon, especially being into history. Um, I actually worked in a bourbon bar, worked in bars, and through the tours and learning the history that there is, especially with a brand like Wild Turkey, the first time I met Jimmy Russell, he was in overalls, didn't know I was talking to him. I probably had talked to him for 20 minutes, walked away, and had bought a bottle. Uh, and um, the person at the counter had said, you know, you know, you're, you know, I saw you talking to Jimmy, and I was like, oh, who's that? And... I've met him several times since and you talk about you know just it's real you know when when you're down there it's not the big brands they still feel like they're very passionate about it and so um, history is what's gotten me into it I uh, I think that anything that's ultimately you know Kentucky and Kentucky bread you know where we can be proud of but specifically bourbon and you know hearing the history of of um, you know, for years it was dormant, and now it's making a big boom again. I think is is great, especially when you're trying stuff that, like you said, with wild turkey. My grandfather drank wild turkey, and I remember sneaking a, a sip of it one day, and I was like, I'll never drink that again. Mm-hmm. And I wish I had that bottle back now, <laughs> right. because um, it's it, it really uh, has stood the test of time. Yep. Yeah. So as you know, this whole secondary market thing had blown up, and everything's went crazy, and and. I really find it odd of what people are willing to pay oh, for a bottle. Yes. So that that's kind of my, my big question to everybody here tonight is, you know, so what's the most expensive bottle you've ever bought? And if you're not embarrassed to say, how much did you spend on it? <laughs> you want to start, Jay? Yeah, I'll start. Um, the most expensive bottle that I've bought is was a Weller's Cabin Still from 1960, and I got another one from 1963. Both of them cost me $1,200. Wow. So, so about 600 a piece? 600 a piece, which I think is a steal. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Unfortunately, we have to say that these days, but you're not going to see this whiskey ever, ever again. again. No. Um, but trade value, that's a little bit different. Now, I've traded for you know $900 bottles, but you know those are bottles that I paid retail for and traded for a more expensive bottle. But I actually paid out of pocket where those two bottles were $1,200, yeah. which would hurt. But once you got to drink them, yeah, it was worth every penny, in my opinion. So me, I I bought um, 
two bottles of stag this year mm-hmm. um i've been uh it, it's been my favorite of all time for a long time and i came across to me 2018 and 2014 are the two best years of recent years I, i've not had ever any of like the 04s or 06s and some people say that those are amazing but i uh i dropped about 400 dollars a piece on those bottles mm-hmm. um and that was uh one of those weird things i was like dang i can't believe i just spent that on these bottles yeah it hurts at first but you know what are the chances you're going to run into these bottles again right that's what i always say so yeah. I think with the 18, I probably got a pretty good shot. I'm going to run into those anytime I want for at least for, for, for another decade, probably. So you're getting closer to my price range. Um, retail, BTAC is about my high end. You know, um, the most expensive bottle was probably the 2018 Four Roses limited edition small batch. I think I picked mm-hmm. it up for about 150 yep. retail. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of a just I'll pay retail for it. Um, getting into the Dusties is definitely a cool thing. I think it's something that's piqued my interest being here with you guys. Uh, but retail, I'm about 150. I think if I can't find it for that, I don't need it. I understand. Gotcha. Yeah. Ben? So for me, I look at the secondary market as more, not, not as much a flippers market, but an enthusiast market to where, okay, <clears throat> I bought this bottle at retail. I'm going to sell it for what it's truly worth, and I'm going to use that to fund what I truly want. So I've done that, um, and in the process, bought some very expensive bottles that um, weren't as expensive as they would have been otherwise had I not funded it. Um, but uh, probably, probably that cheesy gold foil up there in the cabinet—that's probably the most expensive I've had. Which, so, by the way, was freaking awesome. Yes, it is wonderful. It's my wife's birthday bottle. Um, that's her birth birth year, and the, I bought it with um, from the same seller. Bought it with an '88. Uh, 101 eight year one liter so uh and so i was able to get a little bundle discount with those two which helped a little bit but yeah those, are the those go for about seven to 750 yeah. cheesy golds and uh i have to say that it's it's worth every penny bundles are always the best Absolutely. like I, I i found some of my best deals and as a matter of fact one this weekend that i that i lost out on and i just it's i couldn't pull the trigger on it because uh I spent so much during the month of December and November that it was ridiculous. Um, somebody had like it was a ten-year Boone County and two twelve-year Boone Counties that were regular, and then he had a bunch of store picks and and uh, single barrels, and it was like twelve fifty for like seven bottles. And I was like, it's a well, great price, you know. And there was two fourteens in that mm-hmm. single barrel, so mm-hmm. I was like, great price, but I just I just couldn't do it at that point, man. I was just like, ah, twelve fifty. I just I get it. So, uh, you know, it's funny that since we're drinking turkey tonight, um, turkey, the dusty turkeys haven't really taken off except for the last couple of years. I mean, like Ben said, he spent a lot on that cheesy gold foil. Two years ago, you could have got a cheesy gold foil for $300, $400. Now they're up to $750 plus. Gotcha. And, you know, that's an expensive (laughs) bottle. Not a lot of people are going to do that. But but. didn't you say some of those came from Europe, though? Um, I think a lot of them are coming from Asia. Mm-hmm. Coming from Asia. Yeah. So, see, I think that's what the problem is right now. I think the Asian market has drove oh, absolutely. the secondary market mm-hmm. and has just drove the market in general. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there are some companies that have taken pure advantage of that. You know, um, I'd like to go out and talk to Mictors to see if they've intentionally raised the price of their bottles so much over the last couple of years to try to knock off the secondary market. Um, or if it's just that they feel it's valued at that at that at that price point yeah i mean mictors makes a fantastic product it's actually one of my favorites um 
So that is a good possibility. But I won't name any names, but a lot of distilleries are doing that now. They're raising their wholesale, which raises retail, which kind of cuts into the secondary market, which, you know, I can't really blame them at no, all. I, and, um, I'm not mad at, at stores whenever they, you know, have BTAC out and they're selling it for secondary market. No. I mean, you know, it's their business, right? That's right. their livelihood. So Absolutely. in that situation, I always look at it and say, hey, what would I do? And yeah. damn it, I do it. So, I mean, yeah. like, and, we, and we've done it to ourselves. Jay, you, yeah. you mentioned that earlier. And Absolutely. I know Matt Jasnoff has said that in the past. He's like, you know, it's assholes like us that have done it to ourselves. You <laughs> Absolutely. Know? If, we're, if we're willing to pay $200 for a bottle of, uh, you know, barrel strength Michters, you know, yeah. then then so be it you know that's that's what the price is going to be and if somebody got lucky enough to buy it at 99 bucks then good for them right Right. absolutely so i don't know agreed so chris you don't dabble at all in the secondary market no not at all i'm smart man yeah smart man yeah i uh you're gonna be a lot richer than us later on no (laughs) between raising kids and and raising dogs it's just you know it's uh uh, the secondary market is probably going to be a hobby that i'm going to have to hold off on for the most part I, i think there's a few bottles out there that are always worth it. Um, you know, as you, the great thing about this is, you know, not even the Dusties, but some of the Russell's picks that he's got, you know, that are much easier to find. And luckily I know this guy, so as he's traveling around, as he's offered me Russell's picks before while he's in these stores, now I know I need to probably take him up on those. Because right, yeah. those are bottles that, you know, you can get into for a much better price at the right time. And they're as good as, you know, a lot of the stuff that people are out paying the same price for and just thinking, you know, this is, it's, everybody's has, has this. So I, I was out in Missouri. I went to St. Louis for Christmas with the family and we were, uh, just kind of chilling and kicking it. And, uh, I went into the schnooks. I don't know if you went to schnooks. Just, mm-hmm. Schnooks is like their Kroger. Oh yeah. And, uh, so they had a bunch of store picks in there and I was like, man, there was like five, four roses, different picks. And there was a handful of, uh, Russell reserve picks. And I was like, dude, I, I'm like, literally I'm in. So I'm like buying bottles and my wife's like, Dude, we're on vacation. It's Christmas. And like the next thing you know, I'm like, I literally have a trunk full of bourbon coming back from Missouri. And like 10 of the bottles I'd muled for other people, it was one of uh, six of them were a bottle called Still Point or something like that, 630. It was some kind of special double rye. And uh, the guy gave me a sample of it. It was freaking phenomenal. Like I'd never tried it, but it was a 375 for 62 bucks. And I was like, it's like, holy shit, dude. Do you really want me to buy you like wow. six bottles of this? He's like, wow. yeah, I, I, all day long. So, wow. well, I mean, if you can't find it anywhere else, what, that's that's so that's evidently what I do. If that's I, what if it's I can't made find in it anywhere else. I'm buying it. Yeah. If I, as long as I can try it first. Right. Absolutely. So, I was lucky enough to get a little sample of it. So, if I ever go back to Missouri, I will I'll pick some of that up and I'll I'll have to bring it back and let sure. everybody give Absolutely. it get a little sample of that. So, but I mean, single barrels, that's where it's at. I mean, oh, all day long. Russell's reserve picks are so underrated. Um, they're one of my favorite go-tos. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of uh, Weller 107 Antique. It's one of my favorites, but my second favorite is definitely Russell's. So all the noise in the background is Brian Bikey. He came in the house, and he's, uh, trying to, he's trying to monopolize the podcast here over here. <laughs> Just kidding, Brian. Glad to have you here, man. Um, so, yeah, I, I find that so odd that, you know, what the market's done and things like that. And, and the, the weird thing that I've done and, and what it's turned me into uh, as a monster, I guess, in some capacity is like anytime I go out of town, I'm like stopping at liquor stores, you know, and things like that. I, I swear I will waste an hour, an hour and a half out of every trip just, just looking at stuff. Like I, I know where the liquor stores are before I hit the ground so that I can go in and I'll wear my a bourbon shirt. You know, if I'm in Florida. You know, I, I'll wear a Blanton shirt just because mm-hmm. somebody behind the counter is going to go, hey, nice shirt, by the way. Yeah. You know, we've got this back here. Here's our single barrel pick. 
Um, but I'm the same way. I'll drag my kids through. I mean, they know what's good and what's not good by how long I'm sitting in front of it going, oh, yeah. should I get this or not? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My girlfriend, whenever we're driving, she's like, uh, oh, God, where are you going now? Because I'll, go, I'll just start driving somewhere. And she's like, oh, God, we're going to another fucking liquor store. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you're goddamn right. So w- one of the podcasts we did recently, we were actually at New Riff. And uh, we got there about an hour early, and we stopped at the Party Source, which is in the same parking lot as them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where they got their their start. And we're literally in there, and there must have been forty dudes standing in line. And this was like eight thirty in the morning. They just opened up, and the lady's like, "Guys, we're we're not releasing anything." And they're just still standing there. Like in like forty minutes later, they're still yeah. all standing in line. Well, hell, that was today. Some people kept making posts on these local clubs. Anything released today? Anything released today? Anything released? I'm like, you would you would know if something was released. Either now Liquor Barn, they always announce, usually, except for that one time that Weller Foolproof was released unannounced and everybody lost their mind. Assholes. <laughs> if you have to ask, you're too late. Yeah, I mean, if you have to ask, like Ben said, if you have yeah. to ask, you're too late. Yeah. yeah. So. I, Tyler Center Kroger is always the one that gets me, man. Yep. Like, Because I, I work in southern Indiana, live in southern Indiana, and yep. when that shit hits the floor, I like there's so many days I'm like, Gosh, yeah. damn it! I am yeah. just like thirty-five minutes away. And well, I work right down the street from there, but I, I drive a truck for a living. Yeah. Um. So I usually I'm out on route, but sometimes if I'm there at the right time, I'll swing by, and usually it's gone in like ten minutes. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So it, yeah. it's always just super depressing for me because yes. I'll see that stuff because they usually get a pretty good oh, stock when they get yeah. hit. You yeah. know. Um. I, I did get lucky though. I guess it was like three or four weeks ago, and I just happened to walk into the one end out in Middletown, the Kroger out in Middletown. Mm-hmm. And I walk in and I'm playing dumb. I'm like, you know, hey, dude, uh, you know, my, my dad's looking for, you know, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, he's like, yeah, really? And I'm like, yeah. And I was like, you know, I, I don't know. I I drink, you know, Glen Livet and, you know, I'm talking about all these different scotches and shit. And I was like, so after about 10 minutes, the guy's like, just give me a second. And he walks back in the back and he brings out like a bottle of Antique 107 and a bottle oh, of Blanton's. He's like, go. you think your dad would be interested in these? I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> Get those fuel points, dude. Yeah. So uh, I was like, "Hell yes, man!" So I had a, I had a good score that day, and uh, that's awesome. I took a picture, sent it to Jasnoff, and he's like, "You son of a bitch!" And oh, like, <laughs> I don't ever want to hear anything from him ever. Yeah, he, he pulls more balls than anybody knows about. You I know, know. Well, he, he shit, keeps it he, on the down low. He's right next to Prospect Liquors. I mean, every time something hits the floor, he's like there. He's he did with, hook me up on one there, so I can't talk bad about. <laughs> yeah, him. he did. I will to his face. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I, there's nothing on here I wouldn't say to Matt's face. Absolutely. <laughs> So, Brian, if you want to join him, you'll have to hug the mic a little bit. This is Mr. Brian Bikey, everybody Hello. from the club. Hello, everybody. Uh, so, uh, Golden pipes. So, Brian, if you don't mind, uh, tell us what got you started into bourbon. You know, what do you think about the funky old dusties, and uh, how you doing, man? Doing well. I'm glad to be here. Um, man, what got me into bourbon? So, <clears throat> by... Um, both hobby and then growing into profession. Do I need to get close with this guy? No, you're fine. I do podcasts as well, so do I kind you? of switch into Can't podcast tell. voice. I don't. I enunci- I enunciate a little bit more. That's cute. Uh, so it, it started off by hobby and then by profession. So I was really into, or I'm in the coffee business, and then uh, along with that, also with um, chocolate. And so just as someone who likes flavor, likes to taste things. Um, we moved back from, well, we lived in Ohio for, I'm from Louisville, was in Cincinnati area for about 11 years. We uh, did some job hopping stuff, so I was down in Dallas for a while, relocated back to Louisville. So as I'm doing kind of sales 
and marketing and all the stuff uh, with coffee. And then as I'm doing kind of some competition, cocktail competitions and kind of coffee cocktail competitions, I started to realize some of these parallels between coffee and bourbon and noticing as the tourism's going up, a lot of people are coming in town for the bourbon trail, but they're also interested in coffee. They, they drink it. And so they'll want to come and get a tour of the roastery and try to explain to them about coffee because there's a lot of parallels with, mm-hmm. with whiskey and with the higher elevation coffee grows is really similar to placement in the rickhouse in terms right. of complexity of flavor. And they'll go, oh, I just learned about yeah, that. So, yeah. yeah. So it's a similar then, thing in terms of unlocking flavor. And then you guys and, do all the barrel aged stuff as well. Yeah. And so. so I've been starting to do some barrel aged stuff. We, so we supply the coffee at Willet. And so I'm constantly working alongside of them with them and going down there and then started to get some of the barrels there to age coffee. So we do an aged coffee for their restaurant mm-hmm. upstairs. Mm-hmm. And then, um, They'll get about a bag every couple of weeks to serve downstairs, but usually it just flies and then it's it's gone for for then. And then uh, a couple other places around town. So we do that, but it, it was mainly kind of trying to, at the time when I was kind of moving back to Louisville, I was more to cocktails, more to spirits. And then you, you kind of go through a, a recipe book of spirits and then you find out I'm out of this ingredient. So now I've got to switch to this style of cocktails. And it got to a point where I was like, I'm just going to... I'm just going to buy bourbon mm-hmm. instead. So when I open my coffee shop, I have to just call you, right? That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. My, that's like my daughter, my 13-year-old. That's like her big dream. She wants to open a coffee shop slash like small bakery. And I'm like, babe, do whatever you want to do. Whatever makes you happy. Because she loves baking and toiling around and stuff. And, Absolutely. And she loves coffee, which I probably shouldn't be saying that about my 13-year-old. But. That's right. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. No judgment. Well, it's interesting. We opened up a location and maybe two years ago that was, it's right behind Trinity High School. And so I thought... Hey, this is great. The Trinity kids will be coming in all the time, and come to find out they do. Yes. But it's to pass through yes. because now we've now we have a business that they can go in a door and then right out to to the building they need to go to, and none of them drink coffee. Right. And I, I just I don't know. I mean, I went to Trinity. It was been a long time, but I thought maybe I drank coffee then, but apparently not. Apparently, it's just not the age of <laughs> coffee drinkers at this time. It's really not. I mean, yeah. if you really think about it, it like. The only reason I probably drank coffee from a from a very early age is because my dad drank like six pots a day, and my grandpa did, and we had four hundred acre farm in our family. So right. I mean, like literally, like if you didn't drink coffee, you were screwed. It was either coffee or milk. I mean, that's right. all you got on the farm. So, right. so uh, and and when you get up at you know four thirty in the morning to go milk cows and do all kinds of stuff, you you got to have something to wake you up. There was no <laughs> Red Bull back then. <laughs> there no Red Bull. Yeah, I was going to say the Trinity guys are probably on all those damn energy drinks right. now. They're, they're, coffee. Yeah. they're drinking Monster. Tide pods. Tide pod challenge. I'll tell you what, man. Damn Uh-oh. kids. But yeah, it was, about, it was probably about three years ago, and I had a buddy who came in. We knew each other from coffee and chocolate, and I don't even know what. We're just friends from social media. And he's like, hey, man, I'm, I'm coming up to town. We're going to go to a couple distilleries. We should hang out. I'd sold him a grinder before. I was like, yeah, cool, man, what, whatever. And so he started just – he came by one of our – locations I was working at started just bringing out some bottles that he got on his trip started trying some things that I hadn't tried before and I was like oh okay well these are kind of nicer than some of the bourbons I had before that and so then from there I just started getting stuff you know some of the allocated stuff we kind of get it lucky here in in Louisville in Kentucky specifically with the access to stuff so it's hard to be too complainy about things you know when you're hearing about Tyler Kroger Center or or Tyler Center Kroger or any of these places. It's kind of, as much as I don't like knowing when something releases, man, we really have it good with how often things 
yeah. come about. And then the Dusties was something that I've had a couple of people like, oh man, wouldn't you try Dusties though? It's good change your That's life, right. man. I'm like, yeah. all right, well, okay, yeah. all right. It sounds weird, um, but no, I mean, I've had a couple of friends I've tried some from, and since then I've been, you know, going back a little bit more. I'm not super in depth with it, not too crazy about it. Um, Ben, I know, has been getting crazier about it, so we talk quite often in text or whatever. <laughs> Maybe or I'll, the crazy is. Or I'll yeah. see something, all of his Buffalo Tracy antique gone, yeah. and just getting filled with more and more dusty stuff. Yes. Dusty turkey. Much, uh, 95% drinking wild turkey. Yeah. Yep. I've come to this place many times, and the cabinet with his wild turkey in it was completely different the last time I was here, and it was not that long ago. So Happens quick. Yeah, it happens very quickly, um, and we realized that he moved everything that was in this cabinet into his kitchen, and it's in his kitchen cabinets now. Yeah. So yeah, we just saw a small little bunker, or it's sold, or it's sold. Or it's sold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so hey, the, the one big thing that you know um, has really impressed me is the number of great people that I've met through all these bourbon clubs, and and the fact that. So many of them, and, and and I'm just it floors me that are like, hey, come to my house, mm-hmm. share bottles and things like that. Um, what do you guys think about that piece of it? I mean, I, I really feel like it, it's it's kind of a, a really neat and, and authentic group of people. The Hounds, the Louisville Bourbon Club, and even though I, I was kicked out at one point and then re- reallocated back in in one of those, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I still to this day don't know what I did wrong. Um, but I've met know. just I've <laughs> I just I've, I've met so many great people and then you know how many friends have you guys met or enjoyed spending time with over this process and, and over the fa- last few years through the clubs? I'll go first. That's fine. Uh, I've met a lot of great people. I mean, most of my core friends now are I met in the bourbon world. I mean, me and a few buddies we get together every couple weeks or so and we do a bottle share. Um, I mean, Brian's been to my house a few times or a couple times, and it's just fun. I like a lot of people are like, man, you must get messed up or fucked up. I'm like, no. I said, yeah, we're going to catch a buzz, but usually we drink to taste, and then we talk about it, and then then we then we just have fun after that. But, I mean, most of the people I've met, I, I hang out with all the time. So as far as genuine people, absolutely. Yeah. Like I, the first time I went to a raffle and Q comes out of the thing, you oh, know, with Q's his whole family man. and – I mean, he had King of Kentucky. Yep. He had a midnight, you know, drum and mm-hmm. and I, like five or six other balls. I was like, I've never even tried any of these. And Q's like, here, just have a sip. And like, yeah. there's like 20 dudes huddled around him. And I'm like, now this dude right here is like the real deal. He's you know? one of the most generous people in in Louisville whiskey. Period. Yeah. yeah. So that's cool. How about you, Ben? How many how many folks have you met? And it's, it's uh, I mean, I moved to Louisville a little over two years ago, and Pretty much all my friends are either in whiskey or flooring, the business I'm in. So, um, and and it's been it's been great. I mean, it's cool to have a community that again, it's not not out to like just get blitzed <laughs> when they drink. I mean, it's 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 more all about the um, just the character of the of the whiskey and the stories behind it and just the appreciation. Um, and um, it's it's been very meaningful. Brian? Yeah, I think one of the, and maybe this is just more of like the analytical side of me that comes out, but one of the things I really appreciate about tastings is when you can watch people try things that they haven't before and try and learn 
and, and the thing that's cool about this is it, it can go from someone who doesn't know how to describe or just, that's just not what they do up into people who drink a whole lot of big bottles or know how to describe is just watching what people enjoy and what they enjoy mm-hmm. about it and then your or at least again in my my sense is trying to figure out what sort of things they like mm-hmm. because then it becomes exciting of hey next yeah. time we get together I think I have something that right. that's going to be a surprise Absolutely. and from what I've noticed about us tasting together and fellowshipping I think it's going to hit your palate mm-hmm. and sometimes it lands sometimes it doesn't but I think being able to figure out things like that um, make ongoing times to get together and drink more enjoyable when you're able to figure somebody out hmm. so sure. it's been neat how about you Brian? Chris. Chris, my bad. Yeah, no, you're fine. <laughs> you know, I'll take it even a little I'll more. Go again. That's yeah, a turkey. Yeah, That's a turkey I'll take talking. it even a little more basic. I, you know, I, I camp out when I can, and you start seeing the same people over and over again. And the fellowship that happens at 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. in the morning when you're camped outside a liquor barn is some of the best <laughs> fellowship. You know, I used to backpack and hike and camp, and I, don't, I can't do that anymore. I can't get away for a whole weekend and do that. But I can sacrifice 2 a.m. to about 9 a.m., for a bottle of BTAC or something. <clears throat> and the pe- you know, people bring their own bottles and they bring crazy stuff that you can't get. Some, mm-hmm. some bottles I've never had, um, I, I tried for the first time there and then went in the store and was able to buy that bottle. And so just the generosity and I think the kindness and the fellowship, um, even it's something like that, I think is what keeps me kind sure. of interested in it. Mm-hmm. Is there a bottle that anybody's like dying to find that's just really just eluded them? Either A, because of price point, or B, because they just literally just can't find it. Yeah. Ben, Ben's like, yes, me. Of course. Me. So I, I got to say that if anyone listening to this has a 95 <laughs> wild turkey Christmas ride that they're looking to part with, it's a sore um, spot right give there. me a shout. Um, I'm sure our friends travel in the same circles. But, yeah, that's, that's one that's kind of eluded me. 95 was my favorite Christmas growing up. Um, so, and that, that bottle, it's not necessarily all about Christmas, but just the, the, the label, it just, it looks and, and tastes like Christmas. And so that is one that I am, uh, I'm like trying, Christmas. trying hard to find. It matches so, your Christmas decorations. Oh, what, that are still up. what, what does Christmas taste like, Ben? To me, it's, it's all about just the, the, the wood spice, the cinnamon, the uh, just the cedar that you get off of that you know, what, what was it well when they they, they made the, the turkey back then it was the it was the cypress tanks that they mm-hmm. they put their uh, the mash bill in that kind of gives it that 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 dusty profile gotcha um, did you read Brian's notes or something <clears throat> Brian, yeah. Brian has the best notes ever besides yeah, Mr. one other guy that I know Mr <laughs> analytical over here yeah, yeah. so uh, anyway 95 I would settle for a 94 uh, that was another good Christmas but 95 oh man. Ninety-five. That's the year I graduated high school. So you were probably what, like nine? I was. Uh, uh, I was. Uh, I was seven. Seven. Okay. Seven. <laughs> Damn, I feel even older now. So, so ninety-five. Growing up in Georgia, the Braves had just won the World Series. The Olympics were coming. It was a very exciting time period. I had just gotten into baseball and just got all these great baseball cards and all this World Series memorabilia. Man, Is that I was the just, Sid Bream slide? That year? was 92. Oh, okay. Um, 95 was when uh, when they finished. That finished was Glavin the, and Smoltz and oh, all yeah, them dudes, right. man. That was the pitching year. Chipper, yeah. Chipper Jones was Chipper. a rookie. Uh, you know, David Justice hit that solo shot in game six and – Pumped his fist up mm-hmm. in the air. I was yeah, just, that I, I'm was a big Mets fan, so I, I I don't like hearing any of this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
man is the real deal on this year. He like yeah. does that was the, like, everything with this year. Like I can't tell you anything about any year. No, that's fantastic. That was no, an exciting really. time yeah. to be a kid growing up in Georgia, and just that that Christmas, I remember it, man. It if anyone actually has this bottle for Ben, I'll pay you a hundred dollars more to give it to me instead. <laughs> <laughs> So we we are at like a hundred and hundred and twenty subscribers, and, yeah. it, and oddly enough, like we have like five or six people that are like in Alaska and oh cool in Spain and and, and things like that. So uh, you you really might not ever know. You we, we might find this this Christmas bottle wild turkey for you here, man. Of Christmas bottle. <laughs> Here's hoping. I think he's crying right now. Yeah. I think yep. you should keep your Christmas tree up until you get a Christmas bottle. <laughs> yes. Oh. The, the, the Christmas season technically ends February second, so we've still got a little bit of time. I, I don't think that's right. We, we always take our we take our tree down King's Day. King's Day, yeah. That's like January seventh or something. That's the Epiphany. Uh, yeah, yeah, epiphany you, yeah. You, you, that's the, the ideal time to take it down, but you have technically until the second of February. <laughs> I think it's the people who don't take their trees down after immediately after Christmas say. Yeah, we're, we're, t- we're strictly the twenty sixth that comes down and it's gone. Yeah. It's we we took down. ours down on New Year's Day. All right. So fresh start the, the people that always kill me are the ones that take it down like the day after christmas That's like okay. damn dude i like the yeah no <laughs> we also like, put it up the day after halloween mm. so it's like it's oh, damn. Go. oh so you okay it's so you've go. had it for a really long time by yeah. that point That's yeah a full two months at that point. so we That's usually put ours up sometime around thanksgiving July. it's usually a couple of days ours after just thanksgiving. Gets yeah. earlier i've been married for 21 years it gets earlier every year so so my wife you know um god lover um her great grandmother used to Used to just put the sheet over the Christmas tree. That shit stood up all. <laughs> shit stayed up oh, all year long. God. Like in the corner of the room, you'd go over there, and it was like, oh, we got to pull the sheet down. It's November, oh <laughs> so I we can celebrate Christmas. I have so. OCD, so that doesn't help me at all. Everything I want it back in order as soon as possible. Everything in its place. So I laugh at that type yeah. of stuff. Jay, any bottles that have eluded you, my man? Well, I mean, there's a lot of bottles that I want, but I don't have that deep in pockets, but. Um, this or last year, I should say, the bottle that eluded me was ETL 100. I really want that bottle. I just don't want to pay 400 and something dollars for an Elmer T. Lee, right. even though I did hear it is absolutely fantastic. But that's just the bottle that eluded me last year, and I, I, mean, I still have yet to see any. Well, I saw one in Louisville, but they wanted 600 for it. Now, now. This is just purely rumor. Mm-hmm. I heard that we got a bottle of it donated to the Center for Women and Families thing, and they're going to have an auction. Through a, through an app. Oh really? So oh, uh, cool. Well, send me the link. I'm all over it. <laughs> Nobody else bid on so, it now. Come well, on. That's a that 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 is. Somebody <laughs> said that the, we they were pretty sure we got a bottle of Elmer T. Lee, and they yeah. said they thought it had a hundred on it. It was oh, one of the girls that were talking. Nice. The funny nice. thing is, last year um, we were at that event, and there was the the Black Label Anniversary Edition Elmer mm-hmm. T. Lee, and it was mm-hmm. on the Bourbon Pool. It was twenty five dollars to get a chance at oh, it. Geez. Oh, I helped uh, supply a ton of bottles for her. Yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah. So yeah. like literally, so uh, we we did a big um, bourbon share um, mm-hmm. this week, and I collected like twelve or fourteen bottles nice. of bourbon from different people, and nice. we, we donated them out and stuff, and cool. some of my private stock and some other stuff. But uh, that's awesome. That's we, one thing I do like about the bourbon community is that. Probably ninety percent of the people that are within the community are very giving. Um, we'll donate bottles. We'll raise money. You know, either um, auctioning off bottles or we'll do a raffle. Um, half of the proceeds will go, or all the proceeds will go to a charity. That's one thing I love about the community as well. Hey Ben, can I get a donut or a split label, one or the other? <laughs> oh. on this? 
Like he's our waitress or something. Or waiter. He's such a good host. Garçon. Garçon. <laughs> Garçon means boy. It does in French. Have you had the donut yet, Scott? Here's, an, the here's donut an etiquette yet. question because I'm I, I know you got cheesy gold sitting right next to me, and so I'm I'm wanting to like sniff your snifter, and I'm like, you know what? I've actually never checked if there's protocol against that. Mm. Grabbing another man's snifter that and smelling erotic. it. That sounds erotic. You know it. Get, getting your nose deep in somebody else's snifter, snifter hole. It's a. <laughs> it's definitely a little wrong. Um, Come here and sniff my snifter. But you know, it, there's there's some dudes. You know, I mean, I, I tell you what, the the Willet camp out uh, a few weeks ago or about a month ago. Oh a, yeah, yeah, yeah. A liquor barn. That was oh when they released yeah the, when they the released, Devil Barrel and yeah, all that oh yeah stuff. so that was fun so we, we we were up there we were at the one in um Springhurst yeah, Springhurst where you were at the, you oh, were at that yeah. one okay yeah, yeah. and literally like I went up and bought a sample of every sure. one of them and the next thing you know dudes are like hey can I smell them like, yeah. I'm like yeah. they go like all the way in there like lip nose deep the whole nine nose yeah. hair on their I'm like damn dude like I mean I said you could smell it I didn't say you could like have sex with my glass yeah. you know <laughs> what do they call it nose fucking <laughs> that's exactly right man. <laughs> But uh, so yeah, I, I think there's probably some etiquette to that. I'm just not sure mm-hmm. exactly what the what the level is. Like, is it just like just the nostril? It's kind of like first, second, third base. You yeah. know? Yeah. Oh, that's straight to third. Oh, it's right. definitely that's like almost third. yeah, <laughs> licking on your ear or something like that. Mm-hmm. So Scott, what have you had tonight, dusty wise? Um. So wow, that's good. Um, <laughs> which one that was that? Label was that the split good. label or was that the ninety five split label? Yeah, that's, that's really that's good. good, man. That's the year I graduated high school. Man, I, I need a bottle of that. It's a ninety five split thing. So, um, so I've had the 95 split label. I had the first rare breed. Um, I had a spirit of 76, um, some Straight candy, 101, uh, two 101 different bottles. I think you had 81. And yeah. Did you have the 81 and 82? Okay, and yeah, then, um, you, you, I tried, I tried, I, God, five Russell's picks. I have no <laughs> idea. Shit. I like you, you just poured me one a minute ago. I had no idea even what it was, but I was like, Oh, this is pretty damn good. But it was, it had a little bite on the front end. That was the Evansville one. Yeah, that was a damn yep. good one. Yeah, I, well, I had two of the Evansville ones then. <laughs> oh shit! Okay. So, so the cool thing about what we're having is, you know, from whether it's '76, whether it's the '80s, '90s, today, Sorry. same mash bill, mm-hmm. which is what I love about Wild Turkey. They've never changed that mash bill. They they work off to bourbon and rye, and um, really the difference that you're tasting is what I think the main thing is the uh, the cypress tanks that they fermented the mash bills in. And they stopped doing that, I want to say, in the late 90s, I want to say. Um, and then, of course, uh, the entry proofs have changed a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, but other than that, it's, it's same old, same old, same yeast, same recipe, and, and of course, the aging techniques that they use in their rickhouses, um, they're still as active today, mm-hmm. which, is, which is my one of my favorite things about wild turkey. Absolutely. All right. So, yeah. so some of these bottles I've actually never even seen. Like uh, the wild turkey, forgiven. Is that like something here that's? That's a different. That's a different animal. It's a little bit different. The product that I don't even think they make it anymore. Do they? they? Don't. It was yeah. uh, one time they had a few yeah. different batches, but they um, they had I think some some vatted stock that got blended where yeah. they had bourbon and rye were blended together, mm-hmm. and so it was obviously a, a mistake. Yeah. And uh, but they they capitalized on it. Mm-hmm. Really it came in a nice little fancy tube, right? And everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, Kroger and Prospect mm-hmm. had one forever, and I passed on it many a times. And finally, when I was gonna just get it, it was gone. I was like, damn it! How many huh. times has that happened to you? Oh, <laughs> I have the worst buyers from work. My yeah, wife, same. She, 
my wife calls me the biggest pussy on the planet because like she's like literally you will not buy you will tinker over buying something for so long um that it, it drives my wife insane yeah. um so I, I i get where you're coming from there for sure <clears throat> so uh tell me what's your favorite pour my favorite pour? Yeah. Everybody, what's your favorite pour? You to, favorite pour of all time. You skip me for right now. Okay. So go around. Has anybody got one that just is a, is a standout, like you just know what's your favorite? Brian's like, I'm in. 06 Thomas H. Handy. 06 Thomas that's, H. Handy. It's a good that's, one. That's, that's, yeah, that's probably mine as well. That's one of the most ridiculous bottles I've ever tasted. I mean. Absolutely. In most of the years of Thomas H. Handy, too, it – it tastes like a similar profile, yes. but the six doesn't. No. Not now, I've not close. had the seven, and I know six and seven I've yeah. heard are pretty close together, but the six just does. It's, it tastes like a different it's just, whiskey altogether. Yeah. So it's an off profile thing? I don't even know if it's off profile. It's just, I mean, yeah, because of how old it was, yeah. and I mean, you can, it, more than any other bottle I've had, but some of the other B Tacks do, there's just so much char and stuff floating color, around in there the color difference between 06 and 07 are is unreal i mean you're talking super super dark with tons of char versus i mean the 07 is very good but the 06 is just and i, I feel like any handy i come across i mean most of them i really enjoy there's a yeah. couple years that i don't but i still really enjoy it but that 06 is something i would say this is my favorite whiskey regardless yeah. of it being a good handy or not it's just <laughs> You know, it's a great handy. What, 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 what are you, what are you was, 10 years old, Jay? He's like, I, I, that's the great handy. It, it's a fantastic handy after sniffing someone's snifter. He said handy. When you sniff someone's not, snifter not, and get a good handy, that's yeah. a good night. Not handsy, man. <laughs> Jesus wept, dude. I'll tell you what. Can't take you guys anywhere. Not really. So, I, I think for me, um, I had a 2002 Pappy 15. Oh yeah, yeah, and it was phenomenal. Like, and I just when I drank it, just the caramel and the vanilla mm-hmm. notes, and it just was just, just absolutely amazing. I, I got that at a buddy of mine's house, and his dad gave it to him, and literally it had never been opened, nothing else. We cracked it the first time, and I was just like, oh shit, that is so good. It is a good one. The, I'd say up there uh, when they used to have Whiskey Pig, the last one they had a couple years ago, down at. Um, in Bardstown during the KBF, um, <clears throat> they had a Maryland rye from the 50s there that was damn good. I mean, not as good as the handy, but it was stupid good. Like, oh, shit. Pikesville uh, overhaul? I don't know because the bottle was had no label on it. But <laughs> all I know is that it was a Maryland rye, and it was it's in the top five, absolutely. I bet that was good. Yes. <laughs> the line... They had it on the VIP bar most of the night. Nobody was touching it. And then they brought it over to um, the Jack Rose booth. And then the line was a mile deep within seconds. Huh. So it went and it went within 15 minutes. It was Crazy. gone. How about you, Ben? You figured one out yet? So I would say the, the che- Cheesy Gold and the Donuts are up there for me turkey-wise. But honestly, Russell's Reserve 98 is every bit Ooh, as good as those. That's a good one. And, and that just goes to show you that, yes, dusty turkey is amazing, but dusty turkey is not the only amazing wild turkey market out there. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Russell's 1998, it's definitely got a more modern profile. 
I think most of those barrels sourced for that release were from Camp Nelson, so it, it is it is newer stock, um, but it is every bit as as floral and perfumey as the cheesy gold, um, and it is absolutely delicious. Has anybody had like a crazy old Blanton's, like eighties or nineties? I've got um, what was it from? O three ninety three. Nine, is it 93 or is it 03? I think it's 03. I've had one from 03. So I had a 93. So not, not as old as yours. I got it with me, too. Anyone oh. want some of it? Well, hell yeah. Uh, we yeah. Want He's threatening us. Yeah. Good time. But, um, yeah. Not 90s or 90s. Yeah. But. I had a 93. It was it was very good. It's much better than Bland's today. Really? Um, but still very consistent. Um, Bland's today is still a solid pour. Right. The, so where the, would that distillate have come from in 93 for Bland's? Would it have been? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have. that's... Would it, ancient age, they wouldn't have had it at that point. I, probably, I mean, you're probably more, you probably know more about that than I do. Which is very little, so. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm not a huge Blaine's. for tonight. Yeah, where, I'm not a huge Blaine's. It yeah. had to have been. I would think that, that were, yeah. that's where it would have come from. Ancient I'm not a huge Blaine's yeah. fan, so I don't really read up a whole lot about that, yeah. except for the overseas stuff, but yeah. uh, you're probably absolutely right. I think it would right. be the ancient yeah. age. Yeah. Still yeah. Right I, I got a buddy of mine. That That's his absolute favorite of all time is the ancient ancient age of the 10 years. Oh, so good. Oh, my God. Like, And he's so depressed now because, like, it's like he literally. I think he paid like seven fifty for a liter bottle the other day, oh, wow. and he was like, "It's up that high." Yeah, I mean, so he Man. was like, he was like almost in tears. Docks like, downtown used to have it for super cheap. Yeah, uh, yeah, super cheap. Yeah, and yeah. now they're gone, and uh, it makes me sad. Yeah. They still have cases. Oh, well, see, that's what I thought, and they were like, "No, we're out." Oh, I, I shouldn't like, say that, but yeah, thanks. <laughs> so, 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 Chris, yeah. favorite pour. Favorite pour, uh, twenty fourteen Michter's ten year single barrel. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. I've actually not had that. But which one? Yeah. Huh? What's the barrel number? Oh, what's the barrel? Yeah, yeah. Now see, that's some <laughs> shit right there. Yeah, when right. people are Let like, me look at the empty you know, and I'll tell I, you. I really like barrel 1976 from yeah. Rick House M. And I'm like, gosh, damn. Like, how do you remember all that well, stuff? And, I mean, they, and some of them will say spreadsheet. And I'm yeah. like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. My buddy Scott, this? he's all about the spreadsheet. Yeah. And he's like, man, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do a spreadsheet I need for to, work. But, um, <laughs> No, 2018 M10, there's barrel H1267. It's it's phenomenal. And I haven't been able to find another one. I have 1266, not even close. Right. Not even wow. close. So 1267 yes, H1267 is yes. the dank. In, in my opinion. Right. I mean. Of it, the Michter's we, 10s. It, fresh crack. It, reason why I liked it so much, and I still like it, uh, fresh crack, it tasted like old turkey. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah, now they that. won't, you know, they're very tight-lipped about their sources, which I don't blame them. But today it doesn't taste like that. But fresh crack, I was like, holy shit, that tastes like dusty turkey, and that's that's my jam. So, right. <laughs> so bourbon is, has has gone crazy. I mean, there's so many new smaller craft distillers. Um, MGP has done so much oh, with yeah. like broadening the horizons of bourbon and where it's mm-hmm. gone and everything like that. So. Starting with Chris, we'll start with Chris over here this time. Um, what's what's your favorite, like maybe lesser known, whether it be Blom Brothers or Boone County or you know uh, something, you know something else? What what's your favorite one? You know I, the New Riff Single Barrels. I've had several of those. Um, I I would think that that would qualify as a lesser known. Um, and I, I know you mentioned you'd been up there. I think what they're doing up there is really cool. It's a great mm-hmm. philosophy. Um, 
I think you'll be able to get more interesting bottles from them than just about anybody as they continue to proceed. And, and if you're invested in following them and being a fan, I think you're going to have access to some really good whiskey over the next several years. If you get a chance to listen to the podcast we did with Jay Earsman, um, he talked about the fact that they were holding back between 20 and 30 percent. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, some six year stuff should be possibly hitting the shelf soon. So, yeah. I, I'm super excited yeah, what some of that. Excited. Some of their six-year rise would taste like, and I don't even like rye, but new riff rise for me oh, their for some are reason. Fantastic. Uh, and that um, Balboa rye that just came out. Can you say that? I that Balboa rye. Yet. I want Damn. to. Yeah, Thanks to Mr. Brian over here. Yeah, he, yeah. he turned me on to that, and I, I cracked it I, as soon as I got it. I want to get like, another bottle of that Balboa, yeah. man. So. Which is interesting because as soon as I cracked it, I, I let go of mine. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I, I think it's fantastic. I it a little more time. I tried it, and I was like, you know what? just tastes like Willard. Nah. It's good. But but since then, I'm like, it's much sweeter. Should have given it a little bit more to go. When I was there for a pick, I got to try one of the single barrels of it, the barrel strength, and like, oh, now this is the jam. Barrel Balboa. Yeah. Oh, okay. And so I was like, at 100 proof, I'm like, well, this will be this will be really nice. And I was just a little bit disappointed. So I was like, you know what? I mean, it's very easy to drink. I mean, it's super sweet. I need to come back around. It's very good. I'm gonna go to your house again. But uh, yeah, I mean. I, 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 new riff is fantastic well and you can go I, I, at least the last i checked you can do a quarter barrel a half barrel i mean you can do small picks so oh, i you, didn't know that oh yeah you can do a quarter barrel pick i looked into it you can do i think we priced it out if we took nine people and everybody went in at about 260 270 you get about nine bottles out oh. which isn't bad if you think about mm-hmm. it no. and you get the whole you know the whole tour you get the whole experience right and you can just walk away with a small portion of a barrel nice. So I think that's an opportunity, you know, every couple of years to get something that's new and interesting. Sure. And again, if they're offering their rides that way, and I think their rides are fantastic. Yep. Mm-hmm. Brian, less or no place? Are you on New Rift too? I am one who really enjoys New Rift stuff, but um, well, I, this is going to seem kind of weird, and I don't want to just name another brand just because it's been out there in, in the similar talks, but. Um, some of the good wilderness trail things that I've tried are really good, but for the most part, I've not liked what I've had. Right. Just you know, though neither. But the rise are—I think the rise are pretty solid for what they are. Um, the weeded bourbons—I'm—I've not been a big fan of, but the regulars, um, I think they're a good profile. Uh, I think they—they've got some. Um, I think they've—I think they'll have a good profile as it gets older. Mm-hmm. I think Westport has a pick of the rye, don't they? I tried that and I really like that. Uh, I think Westport has. I a think pick. they did a couple. I think they did one of each. Yeah, yeah. they did a bourbon and, and a that rye. was the only experience I had. Well, with it, but I, I liked it. I know the jelly of the month one that the was it the hounds that did that one or was that the LBC? LBC. LBC. Um, uh, I've not tried it yet. My buddy of mine was lucky enough to get a couple of bottles. I did not, and I procrastinated. And I think they're all gone now. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm anxious to see what those taste like. Um, so I'm I'm pretty excited about those. I heard the rise actually pretty good. Yeah, that, I've heard the rise better than the bourbon. That's what I've heard as well. Um, so I, I, I do think probably though for the most part the new riff single barrel rise have been moreover better yes, than yes. the wilderness trail rise. Yeah. And I, I think I probably even like the new riff rise more than the majority of the new riff bourbons. And just yeah. as I'm tasting and like trying through things. There are some outliers in flavor, but there's kind of a pocket of flavor that 80, 85% of them stay in. And I'm kind of, I know that it will be better. It's my kind of profile, but it's still a little too young. Well, when the age, the age uh, makes a lot of difference. I feel like younger ryes are much better than younger whiskeys and bourbons. So that's why I lean more towards the rye side when it comes to, you know, younger stock. So, so when we were at New Riff, um, Jay brought out a bottle out of one of their their tasting things that, mm-hmm. that's just for like them there, and 
It was a chocolate malt one. Mm. Oh, yeah. shit. Like, yep. yeah. It was really good. Yeah, so. they let us try that, too. It was, it was good. Yeah. It was so, damn good. I was pretty I was pretty shocked by that yeah. piece one there. And I know Matt and the other guys that went yeah. up there, Josh and, and Toby, yeah. were like, man, I, I, I hope good. we see this thing. Um, for me, I, it's it's a toss-up between Blonde Brothers and, and Boone County. And um, I, I, I love both their products. It's so good. Um, the old fangled Nodder mm-hmm. bourbon is, is just yep. unreal good. And then, um, I, I really, you know, the, the Boone County, I, I just, I've not had anything bad there. You know, I, yep. I, I just recently picked up a six year. It, it, it it's a little bit stronger barrel strength. So than that we did. Yeah, yeah. Than the Heidelberg one, yeah. even I think mm-hmm. mine's like one twenty something. Yeah. So, so I, I've just been super impressed with them. How about you, Ben? So I think new riffs doing some really exciting things. I like the high rye mash bill. I like the lower entry proof they're doing. I think the lower entry proof, I mean, I, I think that really does make a difference. It's something that Wild Turkey's been doing for years. They've bumped it up a little mm-hmm. bit as climates have changed and just, you know, to try and get their stocks from, you know, they're, they're, to get their, their barrel proof products like, or close to barrel proof products like Russell's Reserve where they need it to, that's why they've bumped up their, their entry proof. But I, th- I think that, that makes a huge difference. And, um, and I think, you know, like people have said, as their stocks get older and they release some new products, I think that's really going to set them apart from other new up-and-coming brands. I think that mash bill and their whole pro- aging process is going to do, do a lot of good things. So, so speaking of, you know, uh, barrel proof and, and things to that nature, um, I, I don't know if you guys were as excited as I was to find out that Old Forester's actually going to allow oh, yeah. you to get a single barrel oh, yeah. at barrel strength. My messenger blew up that day, sending pictures back and forth. So, right. yeah, very, very, very So they, they said the first set's supposed to be released in May. Is May. that what you all heard, yes, too? May. Yeah. So, yeah. And that was a game changer. And that was yes. a point that I was I was getting ready to detour into if it, was, if it wasn't going to be somewhere we go, is that as much as they have some of these newer, lesser-known distillers coming out with good products... I actually think think we're at a time where some yeah. of the bigger ones are coming out with products that yes. are better priced shelfers, mm-hmm. and maybe just because they have the power to now. Yeah. But I mean, I think kind of Brown Foreman's and style and Mictor's style yes. of creating the, a flavor profile at a younger age Correct. are coming out with cheaper and more enjoyable products affordably than some of the newer makers yes. and some of the more expensive products from any yeah, maker, right. really. I mean, as we're talking, I mean, I kept having to hold myself back from saying, oh, I don't know, but Willett's doing some cool experimental stuff. Or like, oh, I don't know, but like Mictors hasn't, I mean, yeah. because these aren't yeah, no, lesser known. No, right. correct. But but you're right. I mean, there are a lot of people that are doing those things. And um, I, 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 just the stuff that people are doing these days, just in general, I mean, even the bigger stillers um, with – stuff that's off profile or it's mm-hmm. just experimental type stuff. I've been so pleasantly surprised with all the stuff that I've been able to get a hold of lately, oh, you yeah. know, especially from the big ones, you know, like you, you expect it from the smaller ones, but I think that's, I think that's what the smaller distilleries has done to the bigger ones. It's mm-hmm. made them up their game. Yes. Right. I agree. So it's given them the opportunity to say, Hey dude, we, we, there's a group of in, in, in God love you slash hate you. You know, the millennial market has really done so much with the fact that, you know, they don't really necessarily buy a brand. They buy 
what tastes good mm-hmm. and and they'll go back and try something else just to see if it's you know as good or or not as good so well think about it i mean the amount of bourbon that's being produced the the big people the big guys are the ones that are going to be able to make the most so yes. they can do the most with it right so old forester who used to just have a couple of lines can now do 19 tens and mm-hmm. single barrels and barrel proof they have so much capacity to be able to do that um, and the good thing is they are doing it you know other bigger ones aren't doing as much but to see old foresters start really you know every four or five months they're putting out something new i think it's super exciting well they have everything at their fingertips as well like some of the craft distilleries that are sourcing you know they have to buy a run of barrels or you know something like that so one barrel may be great one barrel may not but they still have to buy an entire run while old foe has everything right there when they need it i don't know if you've ever done like a like a tour that I did at, at Jim Beam, you know, we actually sampled just straight barrels off the first floor of the rickhouse mm-hmm. and off the fourth floor and off the sixth floor. And if you just barreled the stuff off the sixth floor, you could charge as much as you wanted for it because mm-hmm. it was delicious. Yep. And then they blended all of those and they made Jim Beam. Yep. Mm-hmm. So they've got, I mean, they've got just millions of gallons of this stuff oh, yeah. that they can do whatever with. So, you know, and they, th- those rickhouses have been there for decades, so mm-hmm. they know exactly what they're going to get from that sixth mm-hmm. floor. Yep. And production, finally, because of people like us and because of the secondary markets, have, have gotten it to the point where there's these big people putting out massive amounts of bourbon, and now they can do all kinds of crazy stuff with it. And I think it's a good time. Chris, I'm glad you brought up Beam. Outside of Wild Turkey, that's definitely my favorite, my second favorite distillery, and I'm really excited about the future of the Baker's brand. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the Baker's 13 oh, yeah. this year. <laughs> Baker's 13 was, was phenomenal. That's that eluded me. <laughs> um, I and you know I, I I love Knob Creek picks. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you oh, talk about yeah. picks, besides the the wild turkey picks, yeah. which I've sampled tonight, the best picks I've had. That's true. Knob yeah. Creek picks. But but I always have to water Knob Creek picks down a pretty yeah. good bit. And so what I'm excited about is the Baker's brand. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that they're going to be launching store picks with that with their single barrel program. I hope that's true um, because I've had some of their their shelfer single barrels Mm -hmm. and they are it's outstanding Mm -hmm. for a seven year old whiskey and you'll be able to get those I mean that's the thing so I mean in you know you you get the special labeling you get a story behind it somebody went and picked it and it's you know you may pay pay five extra bucks for it on the shelf but it's worth it because somebody put their time and effort to pick that Costco Bar Sound Road has a pallet of it at a time so yeah, yeah. you can definitely get it well even elijah craig you know sing, you know just elijah craig sure. picks you know you can get those for 25 bucks 25 29.99 some yeah. fantastic pictures yeah and speaking of another big guy wild turkey rare breed rye coming to you guys <laughs> in 2020 and it's going to be rare breed filtered <laughs> it is coming and uh it's going to be now rare breeds my jam man on yeah. the turkey side so yeah, I'm I'm excited about that. I didn't even Me know too. that was coming. I didn't very either. very exciting. I know the Elijah Craig Rye is coming. Yeah, but uh, I saw that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, excited for that, that one. But yeah. unlike Elijah Craig, Rare Breed will be in Kentucky. Yes, thank God. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Um. So. What's new that's going to be coming out or that's going on that, that, that we're super excited about, you know, outside of that? I mean, like I said, the OFO, and then now we just found out about that. Has anybody else heard anything that's supposed to be hitting the ground soon? Or So uh, there's one label that I've seen recently that I hadn't heard of, and then the minute that I heard of it, all of a sudden it was I've seen it like five times in the last two weeks. Uh, Driftless Glen. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know anything about them. They're they're very small. Um, uh, there's a pick that a buddy of mine, Stephen, uh, turned me on to. Uh-huh. It's a t- two year old, maybe. Yeah. Uh, rye called the Wood Guy. Mm-hmm. It's one of the funkiest, really craziest ryes I've ever had. A lot of people hate it. A lot of yeah. people love it. I love it. But um, yeah, they're they're another craft distillery. I think it's like Wisconsin mm-hmm. or something Wisconsin, like that. Wisconsin, yes. Yeah. But, so I know uh, Westport went on whiskey as a pick, yeah. and I think that yeah. the, the people that, or the guy that does the pick over there, I don't know if it's many people, but mm-hmm. I've always liked their picks. Yeah, they're they're good. It's good stuff. I yeah. mean, they're, they're, their bourbon's young. Uh, the ryes are young, too, but the mm-hmm. ryes are aged, I think, at least four years now. Yeah. Um, but I have a pick, uh, a mythical pick out of Lexington. It's, it's very good. Really? But that would go. Uh, I'll, I'll have to bring it if we ever do, like, a rye night. It's crazy Sweet. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Has anybody had too much of the Uncle Nearest? I've had a couple of pours, and I it's thought good. it was actually pretty good. Yeah, it's very good. I, don't, yeah. I, I went Bourbon Brotherhood, and we did a, an event with Uncle Nearest, mm-hmm. and uh, Richie came up. He used to be with Jim Beam and did a big – you know, he does a great uh, – he's a great ambassador. Yeah. Great story. Uh, I liked it. It's a great um, product. It is. I think it's really good. Right. Yeah. Anybody else heard anything else? Nick? I hate bringing this up because – I don't. I, I came late, so I don't know if this is actually uh, sponsored by Wild Turkey or not. Mm-hmm. But it is Wild Turkey related, um, and I don't remember if I saw it publicized or if I just told some people because I heard it. But I I heard that Wild Turkey was supposed to put something out that was like cheesy gold foil. Like they're supposed to be putting out a new product that would be the new cheesy gold foil. Cheesy gold foil. So uh, Masters Keep, from what I've heard rumors of, is coming out with a bottled and bond product. It is the second bottled and bond product outside of American Spirit, which was released, I believe, in the mid-2000s. Um, and from what I've heard, that's got... I think there's been some chatter that it has a similar profile. Maybe the perfumey notes. Maybe it's it's something that you know it's just been been rumors. But but it has. And a I'm wondering if those. And, and I knew I saw that too. And so I'm wondering if these are the same thing or they're different. So I I um, occasionally get together in some couples friends with a girl who works for wild turkey and so she works on a lot of these blends and the products and stuff like that and works with matthew mcconaughey so she was the one who had told me oh yeah if you like i was like oh yeah i got this 90 cheesy gold she's like oh if you like cheesy gold just wait till you try this thing that we're that we're working on i I think the master's keep for 2020 is going to be a very exciting release and i also think there will be you know something in the future in the russell's reserve line similar to 1998 2002 um, with, with very, very uh, select stock that, mm-hmm. that Eddie's got his hands on. I think nice. it's going to be – I think the future for Wild Turkey, both the running line releases with, with Rare Breed, Rye, um, and with special releases like Master's Keep and, and uh, you know, hopefully some more Russell's Reserve limited releases. I think it's, it's very, very, very exciting. I've also heard uh, just, you know, hearsay, of course – that they may open up the uh, single barrel program to rise. Have you heard anything about that? Oh, uh, from your from your lips to God's ears. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's why I heard that, and I was like, "Please, please, Lord, make it happen." That 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 would be a, a wild thought process because 
I know they've really closely guarded their rye program yes. in, in yes. general just at Wild Turkey. Like I said, when, when Craig told me that story, and he cracked like yeah. five or six different yeah. barrels of, of rye yeah. at that point. And, and they were in the back of that thing. They're old. Yeah, and that's, what, old. and that's what Craig said. He was like, that shit was amazing. Yeah. Like, it was coming out. And like, literally, we were all sharing like a big full glen yeah. and We were like, yeah. You know, sipping it down, acting crazy with it. So uh, that that's pretty cool when you can kind of think about that that going on. Um, I, I saw a recent article too about Bro Brothers. I guess they're going to open up in Chively. Um, I did read that through the week. Yes. So uh, I guess they're going to be an African American brother team that's going to mm-hmm. open up a distillery out in Chively. So that'd be nice to get some more roots back out into Absolutely. that end, where uh, near the old Stitzel Weller and all mm-hmm. that 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 factory where the old Fit stuff was. So oh, yeah, beautiful place too. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, so, well, hey guys, we're, we're coming up on a little over an hour. Um, Ben, we greatly appreciate you having us out. Anybody want to cover anything else before we get off? Nope. Just thanks Ben for hosting. And it's been a great time. Good deal. Good deal. Hey, anybody wants to reach bourbon barrel talk, you can reach us at Facebook or you can email us at bourbon barrel talk at gmail.com. This is Scott Bennett signing off.